what's your product, who's it for, and how can you reach them? That's what all marketing boils down to. The ways in which we reach people will constantly change, but the first two should never change. If you can get clear on those, you'll have a leg up on your competition. In fact, this is what I spend most of my life doing, helping restaurants and chefs get clear answers to those first two questions. The rest of my time then is spent brainstorming ideas and getting organized about the best ways to reach those audiences and the most effective ways to promote our products. The way I do that is by getting organized and after 20 years in business, it's the one thing that makes the biggest difference in a business's bottom line. Getting organized requires a long-term view, not working a week at a time, not a month, but for the entire year ahead. Stick around because on this week's episode, I'm helping you build your 2020 marketing calendar and sharing a link to download a killer template you can use to do it. This is going to be a good one, I promise, so stay tuned. There's an old saying that goes something like this, you'll only find three kinds of people in the world, those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, thank you again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Now, each week I choose a different topic, we explore that topic, pick it apart, hopefully come across some useful insights by the end, and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts that we talk about here on the show. Because as I say each and every week, I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, the end of the year is upon us, which means we're all exhausted. The holiday season is a crazy time of year, uh, certainly in the restaurant industry, and if you're like me, you can't wait for things to settle down. Of course, settling down isn't ideal either because it means less covers, less revenue, but it's part of the natural ebb and flow of a restaurant, and come January, especially that first week of January, I think we're all going to have some free time on our hands. The perfect opportunity to take a deep breath, look back at the year you just closed, and start planning for the year ahead. Organization is the key to success when it comes to marketing. We've talked about this over and over, but you have to identify a problem that needs solving, then come up with potential ways to solve the problem. You pick one, you sketch out a plan, determine the criteria for success or failure, and then take action. So in that vein, I'm going to lay out a five-step plan for mapping out your 2020 marketing calendar. But before we dive into that, I want to let you know that there's a resource for this week's episode. A lot of you have written to me saying that the workbooks and the cheat sheets have been helpful, and so I'm trying to provide them more and more. Uh, So this week, I'm sharing my marketing calendar template. You can add rows and columns as needed. You can bend it to do whatever you need to do. But this is the kind of document I create for each and every restaurant I work with. It's the document that provides the blueprint for everything we do throughout the year. You can download it by visiting chipclose.com slash marketing calendar. So again, that's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E dot com slash marketing calendar. You'll also find the link in the show notes, so go ahead and do that whenever you're able. 
after this episode, you may want to clear some time, just 30 or 40 minutes, because this whole thing is basically your assignment. It's the simple five-part exercise I've developed that will help you get clear about where you need to head in the new year. So if you're good to go, let's begin with number one. Step number one, taking stock. The first thing you're going to want to do is look back over 2019 and assess your performance. Tim Ferriss, he's a best-selling author and a podcast host himself, is famous for saying the following, what gets measured gets managed, which is why it helps to have hard data to learn from. So I want you to run a bunch of reports. First, you're going to run a financial report for the entire year to figure out the profitability of the business. Hopefully, you've been tracking this after each quarter, but this is a chance for you to put it all together. Next, compare 2018 to 2019 and figure out what insights can be gleaned. Then, I want you to break down the covers and revenue week by week and compare those to both 2018 and 2017 if you can. Hopefully, your POS software can help you run some of these reports. Otherwise, I'm sure many of you use Avero to create more sophisticated reporting. You'll be able to see in black and white what was going on with your business. Next, I want you to identify the six best weeks of 2019 and the six worst weeks of 2019 in regards to actual dollar revenue. Then, look at the team you have and give an honest assessment of the talent you have. Are there changes that need to be made? Are there individuals overperforming, people who might deserve a, a promotion? Finally, look over your menus for the year and jot down your thoughts. What worked well? What missed the mark? What did people respond to? What surprised you about sales for the year? This is all part of the process of taking stock. So your revenue, your covers, your staffing, your menu, all of that. The next part, though, is even more important. It's what we do with all that data. Armed with the hard data, you're going to start making lists. So for the next part, you're going to take two sheets of paper out, and then on the top of the first one, you're going to write wins. On the top of the second, you're going to write losses. Then down the left side of each of those, you're going to number one through ten. So if the first step was about taking stock, the second and third steps are going to be about analysis. So step number two, the wins. Look at that first sheet of paper, right? The one you just labeled wins. This is where you're going to identify all of your successes from 2019. The good things you did that you're hopefully going to build upon. A win is something different for everyone, and only you can determine what a win is for you. So maybe it was a great fourth quarter or a killer Valentine's Day or a new manager you hired who's really coming into her own uh, or the way you streamlined systems in the restaurant or a new lunch menu you launched over the summer or whatever. I want you to look at the data to determine the wins. But then also, and perhaps more importantly, I want you to think about what you loved doing this past year. What were the projects, events, menus, etc.? What are the things that really got you fired up? The things that reminded you why you got into this business in the first place. So again, I want you to write down 10 wins that you had this year. And if you can think of more, then go crazy. Write down 15 or 20 or 30. Remember, this whole exercise is just for you. These are the things that went well. The nights that brought in big revenue or the events that were just fun to organize and execute. These are things that either got your blood pumping or the register ringing, hopefully both. You want more of these in the new year, things that you love doing, things that your audience really responded to, things that made you money. You'll want to remember these when we do start building a calendar for the year ahead. 
So I'm going to give you an example. A few years back, I was working with a client to organize a wine dinner, except they wanted to do something outside the box, right? Everyone does winemaker dinners. How can we separate ourselves and really stand out? So we kicked around a bunch of ideas and finally landed on a whiskey dinner. We worked with the master distiller at Westland out in Washington state, who's making exceptional whiskeys in the Scotch tradition. Basically, he's trying to develop a whole new market, American single malt whiskey, something that can rival the very best sipping scotches out there. So we organized a five course dinner that was meant to pair specifically with a variety of different expressions of Westland. It was a huge success. And when we did this very exercise, we identified it as one of our big successes. So seeking to broaden our programming, we launched a series of experiences, unique dinners and tasting events to give our guests a new way to interact with our brand. We use that to help plan out the year ahead, sketching out six different evenings of unique programming for the following year. But let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet because the next step, number three, is to look at your losses. So this is about being honest with yourself to identify the spots where you fumbled the ball. If you've never done this sort of thing before, the results might shock you. You'll see dips in revenue that you hadn't noticed before. You'll see weeks where you dipped compared to the year before and inconsistencies that seemingly have no good explanation. You'll see money you left on the table and areas where you flat out drop the ball. It's going to sting. It's going to sting really bad and it should. So you're going to think back over the year and certainly you're going to look back over your spreadsheets, but just like we did with the wins, we're going to do the same thing with the losses. I want you to close your eyes and think about all the things you did that you hated doing. What were the tasks you wish you could get rid of in the future? The things that you want less of in the year ahead? Gather all of that, write down at least 10 losses for the year. Again, this is just for you and only you can judge what a loss is to your business. So you might say, hey, we made 15 grand on Valentine's Day last year, a big win. But another restaurant might have also done 15 grand, but they did 18 grand the year before. So this year goes on their loss page. Only you can be the judge, but do not skip this step. It's absolutely crucial. If we don't identify the problems in our business, how will we ever come up with solutions to those problems? So armed with all of that, number four, sketch a plan. So the fourth step is I think where things get a little fun. This is where you get to be creative and start sketching out a roadmap for the year ahead. Right, So you've got your deep analysis in front of you, and then you've got your two lists, right? the wins and the losses. If you're feeling overwhelmed right now, don't. The work you just put in is absolutely crucial to figuring out where you need to go. So often, businesses just, just follow what they did the year before uh, rather than considering alternatives. For example, come holiday time, right? we talked about this last week, it always seems to creep up on people. You look at the date and you realize, oh my God, the reservation book opens in five days. And so you end up doing whatever you did last year. And that's probably exactly what you did the year before and the year before that and the year before that. You can only break the cycle by getting organized. So that's what this is. Step number four is where you start sketching out a plan. What are your hopes for the year ahead? You're going to take a single piece of paper and number down the left side, again, one through 10. This list is going to be informed largely by your wins and losses. For example, let's say you hosted that great whiskey dinner, right? Back in September, it drove a lot of revenue. It got your crowd excited and was well received by the folks who attended. 
So maybe the first thing you write down is to build upon that success. Well, we did one great event last year that was outside the box. This year, I'd like to do four. One each quarter. We'll bring in four different master distillers and sell tickets to, to each of the events. Hell, maybe we'll even sell packages so that folks can attend all four events throughout the year. In fact, maybe we can get organized in January so we can sell packages in February. Wouldn't that make for a great Valentine's Day gift set? Aren't husbands always looking for something unique to get their wives? Or maybe looking at your books, you see that August was in the sewer. So you write that down. We want to improve sales by at least 20% in August. So how will you do that? I'm not sure yet. Right now you're just identifying the problems and starting to sketch out the plan. You're going to look and say, oh, well, holidays were good, but they probably could have been better. So next year we want to look at those three big days, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and New Year's Eve to see how we can capture even more revenue and make the day even more memorable for our guests. If you listened to last week's episode, again, that's what that was all about. These go hand in hand. It's about getting organized. Uh, looking down, maybe you had a high turnover with your staff in 2019. So, uh, so commit yourself to fix it in the new year. Make it a priority to keep staff at your restaurant. Or maybe the flip side is true. Maybe you had very low turnover. So find ways to reward the people who have shown you loyalty. Remember, the things you wrote down as wins and losses are going to inform what you do in the coming year. Maybe you're looking over your menus from 2019 as well as your PMIX and you see these four items didn't sell all that much. But these four items sold like crazy. So maybe you want to find some opportunities to rework the menu, maybe in this other direction. In fact, maybe you look over the numbers from last year and you see that August was down, but the last week of August was horrendous. So maybe closing for a week is the right thing to do to give the culinary team some time for menu development, just a week to work on new recipes in the kitchen. Do you see how this is the fun part? The time where you can really let your mind wander and think big. Do not skip this step either or you'll end up repeating the sins of the past. Even if you do this whole exercise and say, no, you know, last year was pretty good. I'm not going to change a thing. Fine. I don't recommend that. I think there's always ways to improve, but fine. At least then it's a conscious decision, a deliberate decision. When it comes to planning a marketing strategy, you want to be deliberate about what you're doing, which of course brings us to the final all important step. Step number five, building out your actual marketing calendar. I will take this opportunity to remind you that I provided a free resource for this episode, a template for a marketing calendar that I built with Excel. You can change the fonts, the colors, the number of columns. You can dress it up and, and make it more detailed than it already is, or you can simplify it as much as you need. It is a template, the exact same template I use in my business, and I'm giving it away absolutely free because I promise it will transform the way you do business moving forward. You can download it at www.chipclose.com slash marketing calendar. Again, C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E dot com slash marketing calendar. So the key is to have a document everyone can refer to throughout the year. Usually once I build mine, I upload it to Dropbox and share the link then with my team so that everyone has access to the same document. We can go in and make changes as needed to allow it to be a living, breathing document. It should and will change constantly throughout the year. The best part, once you do this the first year, you will have something to use every year thereafter. 
You won't have to wonder, well, how many emails did we send out last year to promote Valentine's Day? You will know simply by looking at the marketing calendar. Three. We did three last year. So you've done the first four steps already. You, you've gotten everything pulled together, all of the data. You then analyze the data to identify your wins and losses for the past year. Then you built a list where you started sketching out a plan for what you want for the year ahead. And now it's time to really get organized. Now, the way you build out this calendar is going to depend on what kind of business you have. So what do I mean by that? Well, I've worked with a variety of different clients over the past several years, and while their calendars are all built differently, the thing they have in common is that they all use the marketing calendars that I've created for them. So I work with a lot of fine dining restaurants, and for them, the first thing we identify are the holidays throughout the year. Those are the key opportunities to capture revenue for a fine dining restaurant. So right off the bat, we take Valentine's Day, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and New Year's Eve. Those anchor our calendar because they're typically big days for those kind of restaurants. We then also identify the other national holidays. Martin Luther King Jr. Day and President's Day, for example, are often good because it means an extra weekend night. So Fridays and Saturdays are typically busy, but on those two weekends, so will Sunday night. Then we look at the summer and we have Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day. These are typically lighter days for us when people are all out at the beach. So here we might want to look at some sort of promotion to get people in the door. Next, we're going to look at other downtimes of business, right? So the first two weeks of January and the last two weeks of August are typically the slowest for fine dining restaurants. But each restaurant will have ebbs and flows. So identify those pockets where your business dips. This may be another place to run some sort of promotion. Next, we're going to look at our list and figure out how to fit things into the calendar, right? So that, uh, that whiskey dinner we did, right? When 2020, we said we wanted to do four more of them. Great. Let's drop them onto the calendar somewhere. What other things did you write down? Start finding places to put them. The key, again, is to give yourself things to talk about all year long. So I'll give you an example for another one of the restaurants I work with. Thanksgiving is huge for them. December is nuts, including Christmas and New Year's. Plus, they sell handmade chocolates, gift cards, and other gift sets leading up to the holidays. We have so much to promote in December, but relatively little to talk about in February, March, and April. So I've been urging them to look at that calendar. Because once the major stuff is on there, you're going to see pockets of white space. So maybe since February, March, and April are quiet... You can then use that time to offer uh, value to your email list by sharing recipes and other content that might interest them. Okay, so maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't run a fine dining restaurant. I own a, a pizza place or a little sandwich shop. Fine. I actually handle the marketing for a small, fast, casual Mexican concept here in New York City. And for all intents and purposes, it's like a nicer Chipotle. Fresh ingredients, everything's made from scratch, tons of delicious options for your burritos, bowls, and tacos. Okay, but it's still a fast food lunch spot. This calendar has become invaluable to them as well. We use it first and foremost to identify those dips in revenue, and then we build a plan to solve those dips. For example, January is notoriously slow for them. Why is that? Well, after some research, we discovered that January means New Year's resolutions. And the two big things that people put on their list of resolutions are number one, weight loss, and number two, spending habits. So those are two key objections to the product that my client is offering. 
Armed with that knowledge, we can then respond accordingly. For example, last year, they rolled out a vegan burrito bowl. Fresh greens and quinoa and avocado and a light sesame dressing. Likewise, they also started offering a Taco Tuesday promotion. Buy two tacos, get the third taco for free. They did the same thing at other points then throughout the year, right? July 4th saw a dip, the end of August, and so on. So those times became key to their calendar so that they could craft a plan to help drive sales. In addition to that, they also have a rotating list of seasonal specials. And so periodically throughout the year, they change this board to offer tastes of the season. Before, they would just sort of change when they wanted to. But now, after identifying the slower periods throughout the year, they've started coordinating the rollout of those new items with those downtimes in business. So basically, it gave them something to talk about during the dips. So that first week of September is typically slow for them. You've got the Labor Day holiday. School is just getting back into session. People are back in the office after summer vacations. Great. Well, they started rolling out their fall menu items on the Tuesday after Labor Day, and it's been working. They did the same thing with the other product launches as well throughout the year. They timed them with the dips in business. So this marketing calendar will help you track everything from special services to promotions to email communications and more. You're going to use this document to keep track of whatever you think needs to be tracked. For example, sometimes I'll even uh, add reservation dates to the calendar, right? So Christmas Eve is December 24th. We know we'll need to start taking reservations a month ahead of time on November 24th. So, by November 1st, we'll need to start talking about what we're going to do. By November 10th, we'll need a menu. By November 17th, we'll need to take photos and start building out the graphics for the postcards or check inserts or the e-blast that we're preparing so that we're all ready to go by November 24th, right? And that's the key to this thing. Get yourself organized so you can be deliberate about what you're offering throughout the year. Don't just run a promotion because you think it might help. Look at the data and plan for the times when you'll need a promotion, right? You're going to take 30 minutes or so to build out this calendar. We're going to call it a rough pass. And then you're going to take it and show it to someone, right? Probably a colleague or a coworker, uh, your chef or an owner or a manager, maybe even your spouse. The goal is to get organized and then to start getting some feedback, to have an, another set of eyes on it, right? Now, as you probably guessed, this week's assignment is to go and do this exercise. Go through all five steps and then build out a marketing calendar for 2020. Remember, step number one is to take stock. Look at all the data and analyze what worked and what didn't. Step number two then is to identify the wins. Step number three is to identify the losses. Step number four is when you put it all together to start sketching out a plan. What do you want more of in the year ahead and what do you want less of? Start figuring out what your year ahead is going to look like. And then finally, step number five is to go ahead and build out the actual calendar for the entire year. Remember, you can download the template I built by visiting chipclose.com slash marketing calendar. You can also find that link in the show notes, or of course, you can build your own. Whatever works for you, but do not ignore this episode. I promise, this is one of those tactical how-to episodes, an exercise that will make a huge difference in your bottom line but you have to put in the work. As for continuing education, I'm scrapping it this week because I don't want anyone to lose sight of the task ahead. This marketing calendar truly is that important. I hope all of you are enjoying the holiday season. I want to wish all of you a very happy new year. Uh, remember, the restaurant will be dead this time next week, so enjoy the craziness while it lasts. 
Hit subscribe if you haven't already done so and share this episode on social media if you feel so inclined. Be well and I will see you next week.